Welcome to Our Six Society, a podcast series where researchers from King's College London and people with lived experience explore together how social factors contribute to mental health problems. I'm Lavinia. I'm Charlotte. I'm Sally. And I'm Gemma. And we'll all be bringing you episodes. But we'll also have some guest presenters inviting people who tell us their stories to investigate the issues that they're interested in, as well as the ones that we think are important. We want to make you think and question society's role in mental health. What are the systems and the structures which mean some people are more likely to be mentally unwell than others? And crucially, what steps should society take from national government policies to local grassroots community organising? How can we cure our sick society? Welcome to the third episode of Our Sick Society. This episode is part of the ESRC Festival of Social Sciences. In Hearing All Voices, we'll be exploring collaborative podcasting for mental health society and medicine. I'm Sally Marlowe from King's College London and we've assembled a panel for you who all have diverse podcasting experience. So let me start by asking our panel to introduce themselves. Katie, let's start with you. So my name is Katie Wright. I am a research assistant and part-time PhD student uh, at King's College London at the Institute of Psychiatry. Um, I co-produce and co-present a podcast called Plugging In um, with my colleague Alina Evan, and we're looking at the interface between digital technologies and mental health. So it's a series around that, um, different episodes on different concepts related to that, but it's in conversation with young people. So it was um, designed and is presented with some young people as well. Thanks. And Verity, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Verity Buckley. I'm the Impact Projects Manager for the Centre for Society and Mental Health, which is based at King's College London. Um, I support the R6 Society podcast. Buddy. Hey, thanks, Ali. Um, yeah, I'm Buddy Peace. I'm a podcast producer down here in Margate. And uh, yeah, I produce for people like Scroobius Pip, uh, comedian Brett Goldstein, and um, quite a lot of other ones as well. And I run my own one called Buddy's Buddies where it's just me sort of talking to people here in Margate and produce another one for a company here called Heckles, which is the Blue Mind podcast. And um, yeah, just sort of various music production duties, uh, sort of DJing, things like that. And um, lots of audio editing, engineering, production, mixing, and yeah, lots of all these other sort of offshoot bits and pieces that are involved. And yeah, I've been working on our Six Society from the beginning and uh, it's been a, a real treat to sort of get a, a glimpse into a world of academia that I, I might not have otherwise got, especially in an audio capacity like this. So yeah, it's been, it's been fascinating. And the guests as well and the participants, it's been, it's been a lovely experience so far getting to know them and, and meeting, meeting all of you. And Lavinia. Hi, I'm Lavinia. I am an expert by experience. So I've had experience, personal experience. I'm in recovery over 10 years. And I've also studied and have a great passion in mental health and addiction. And Nicole. 
Uh, my name is Nicole. I'm a PhD student at King's College London. Um, I've only started this October, so I'm very new. Um, but before that, I worked as a research assistant on the project called The Hype Project. Um, and as part of this, I co-founded and produced a podcast called Beyond the Hype, which connects uh, young people and researchers and clinicians. Great. Well, thanks, everyone, and welcome. My first question, I think we've got to start with, what do we think are the components of a successful podcast? And Nicole, why don't I start with you? The way we've done the podcast was that we gave control to the young people because I know, you know, they have things to say, they have questions about research topics. So what we've done is we gave all power to them. Um, we asked them to come up with ideas of what they want the episodes to be, then we link them with researchers and they basically had a they had a chance to come up with their own questions and ask the questions that they wanted answers uh, to. So I think that's an important component of you know having people who are genuinely interested in finding out what the podcast is about um, and having a topic that is of interest to the audience that you want the podcast to be for. Yeah, because I guess that you know that's the thing if you've got people deciding, you know, working out what those questions are, you're more likely to hit your target audience, which I, I presume for Beyond the Hype that that target audience is, is young people, is it? Yes. So it's for young people aged 16 and over. And the people who took part in the podcast were usually 16, 17, 18 years old. So we, we were kind of banking on the fact that, you know, if they tell us what they're interested in, that's probably what their peers and friends are interested in as well. So if I come to you next, Lavinia, because this sort of chimed for me when I was listening to Nicole um, about, um, you know, you being involved in the Our Six Society podcast as an expert by experience. And when we've had our planning meetings, you've been really instrumental in helping us work out what sort of topics we should cover and what sort of questions we should be asking. What do you think makes a good podcast? I agree with Nicole, you know, a topic that's interesting, that's going to be engaging for people. You know, you want your audience to really connect with it. So it needs to be engaging. And also what I've seen, I mean, this is completely brand new to me. And what I've seen is that being able to communicate with the team and also to tap into to all the technology available. You know, we've done it through Zoom, Teams, email. I never knew how much went into this, you know. So, yeah, having a good team is essential. So we've got having the right question and the right people feeding into getting that right question. We've got having a good team. Most definitely. Um, Katie, is there anything you would add to that? Yeah, I think I could agree with the others. Um, our podcast as well was aimed, well, it's, it's aimed at everyone, um, but we wanted to make sure that it was accessible to young people. We know that digital tech and mental health is a very multifaceted concept, and we know that different people have different ideas. Um, we wanted young people specifically to be involved, and so we did some focus groups in the kind of inception stage, and we made sure, you know, we, we went to them with some ideas of what we thought would, would be relevant um, and came out with a whole load more on top of that. But also then just, you know, taking those ideas into context so for example I did an interview with a um, crisis text line called Shout um, which is actually our first episode and I was able to use some of the questions that came up from the focus groups and put them to the people that I was interviewing so asking them about the the idea of texting and and how that could perhaps be a little bit more um, or not very personal I guess that's kind of 
the thing that some of the young people thought and, and that allowed the interviewees to give us an answer to that. And so it was kind of putting the young people's questions to them in a way that they could then answer, which I think hopefully is will be quite engaging. I think that's really interesting as well, because when you talk about using focus groups, that's a methodology that we would use as researchers. And so being able to bring that that method and actually, you know, use it to um, increase um the power of a podcast. I think, you know, I think that's, that's really interesting. Buddy, you produce loads of different types of podcasts. Um, and I think it, it's fair to say that, you know, ours is only one type, of, <laughs> the type of podcast that you produce. But what do you think makes a successful podcast? I mean, I've, I've been listening to podcasts since probably like the mid 2000s. So I've, I've got over a decade of real hardcore listening to podcasts to go on so there's, there are a lot of things I've sort of internalized along the way so like it could be the presenter it could be the the subjects themselves or it could be the fact it's just sort of really clearly presented and not confusing and just sort of well what I'm doing now like waffling like you know there's some which people can get quite self-indulgent with what they're saying I guess and for me that's when I kind of trail off and then the more I trail off per episode then the less I'll return to it. So I think that's that's a big thing for me is um, just sort of clarity and just something that's sort of not trying to rethink what an interview is necessarily. It can it can still just be a basic interview, but the way it's presented and contextualised and I guess edited as well, like that can help. That all definitely comes into it for me, I think. And as you're talking, I'm reminded of one of the early conversations we had during um, the planning for our sixth society um, for the first episode where you said, and we need a cliffhanger at the end. So people are going to come back and, and listen to more episodes, which is not something I'd really thought about before. But of course, you, you're making something which is one of a, a series and we, we want to build up the podcast so people listen to all of them. Um, Lavinia, through the power of technology, I can see that you've posted a little comment on our Zoom meeting. Um, you, there's something else you wanted to add. Yeah, sorry. Just the nerves. As I said, I'm really new to all of this. So I just wanted to kind of go further on what I said, as well as engaging. For me, you know, the fact that the topic is so diverse as well, you know, regarding mental health and the different people, you know, the different groups. I think that's really important so that it doesn't just appeal to academics. You know, this is why I'm so happy and grateful to be involved in this for the simple fact that I believe that this appeals to both the non-academic as well as academic so yeah I love that which leads me really neatly into the next question which is for Verity um so Verity joined the team after we'd already started our Six Society um podcast series and immediately brought to the team some really good insight about impact Verity what are your top tips for anybody listening who wants to set up a podcast for how we can make sure podcasts are impactful and that they actually reach the audiences that they're intended for, diverse audiences like the ones Lavinia talked about? Well, I approach podcasting sort of as any project, as a project manager. I think it's important to step back and just look more broadly at what you're trying to achieve with the podcast. You know, what is the goal? What's the point, really? Um, what do you want your listeners to do with the information you're giving? That should sort of feed into everything else. You know, what kind of style do you want? What kind of voices do you want to include in the podcast? 
I mean, it's actually an interesting time for podcasting at the minute, I think, when lockdown first happened way back earlier in the year. I think there was a drop in listenership for podcasts. A lot of people you know, weren't commuting, they weren't um, listening in the same way. But it looks like now that the listeners are sort of getting back into podcasts. But at the same time, there's a lot more podcasts now. I think a lot of organisations and individuals are looking for new ways of engaging audiences remotely and podcasting is a really easy thing to to set up so yeah I think keeping the audience at the forefront of your mind and understanding and listening to good podcasts I think what Buddy said you know as a podcast listener what do you like listening to do you get bored listening to one person talking at you do you want a, a mix of content do you want a mix of formats um and just go on you know what you like and what you, you're interested in I use a lot of spreadsheets <laughs> in organising. Um, so just having, you know, a clear sense of timing, a clear sense of what needs to be done when, and also making sure that there's lots of tools in place to measure your impact. Impact is really tricky for a podcast. You can get the um, top level kind of numbers, the number of people who are listening, um, the number of people that are liking or downloading the podcast. Um, but secondary level impact is, is quite tricky you know how do you know that people are doing what you want them to do with the content you're putting out there so monitoring discussion on social media like who's retweeting it who's liking it and using having a bit of flexibility in the schedule so you can respond to that I mean I think Katie mentioned you know using some content in one one episode to inform later content and I think that's really important to be flexible to what the audience is saying and what they want to hear um, and building that into your whole plan for the wider series, I think is really, really important. And let me ask you as well, Verity, because you worked very closely, it's a question really for you and for Buddy, because you two worked really closely together to give our podcast, Our Six Society, its identity. Buddy, you composed some music for us, you designed a logo, and then Verity, you said, oh, hang on a minute, the logo's great, but in order for it to fit within the King's College London branding, we need to do some stuff with it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Verity, what was that process like for you? Yeah, our podcast is quite interesting. So Our Six Society is a sort of standalone podcast, but within King's, so within King's College London. So we have to be really mindful that we are aligning to King's, not only their branding, um, but also their kind of mission and, and value. So you know, are we communicating what King's want us to communicate? Um, so yeah, we had to design a logo that we could plonk the King's one on, on top of, which was a bit of a formatting nightmare to be honest um, but also thinking about you know what platforms can we put the podcast on um, the King's site is a really good communication tool for us we have a page that we need to, the podcast to sit on and we do get listeners coming and listening via the website so we had to have a player that was able to be embedded into the King's site so there's lots of things to consider there and in terms of our identity we also were kind of thinking about how we promote the podcast and actually Lavinia was incredibly helpful when we started thinking about social media, um, we were talking about, you know, do we want to have tweets and promotion going via a King's account or do we want it to be a standalone, non-academic page? And I think that's important for this topic as well. I think academic knowledge and an academic view isn't, like, it's not the only view that we want to put across. And we want to make sure that we're showing a diverse range of voices and we're not coming across as a, a kind of dry academic podcast. Not that they're all dry, but, you know, so we, we were really careful in making sure that the podcast promotion and communication was independent. And we do have that King's kind of overlay and that King's voice. Um, yeah. we, we wanted to have a really strong identity for the podcast as a society and mental health podcast. 
And how was that for you, Buddy, having um, designed a logo and to have us come in and say, sorry, mate, we need to chop it about a bit? Honestly, it was it was surprisingly easy, weirdly, because on my own podcast, that was the one where I laboured for days and days and days. And, and this is one that I'm not even the ones that I do for myself. They're not always the ones I get paid for either, because they're just sort of they're just the thing I want to do. And so, like, there, there's my one buddies buddies is just sort of me talking to people here in Margate and. I had to just knock that on the head for a while because it was taking me hours and days and I'd be, I'd have to book the guests, I'd have to interview them, edit all the interviews, do all the music, do all the sequences, just every single part of it. And when it's your own thing, like your, your very own project, there aren't any boundaries or any guidelines. It can be anything. And so that kind of almost like paralyzed me anyway. So in, in the case of the uh, King's College podcast, um, it was actually really helpful because there were constraints there were some boundaries and um it wasn't just this whole sort of blue sky universe where you could do anything you wanted and that really helps actually because then there's areas you can and can't go in and it keeps you a bit not it's not not restrained but just focused i think and yeah working with verity sort of it definitely made me realize oh yeah there's a definite focus and so it actually made it quite quick to get to the end result and and then verity was able to sort of facilitate it and then yeah we, we got to a good place with it already pretty quick yeah which i guess is demonstrating um the, the conversation earlier when lavinia was talking about how important it is to have the right team So I'd like to move on to talk about the different podcasts um, that are represented on the panel. So our Six Society is hosting um, this panel um, and Lavinia is is part of our team. She works with us, as she said, as expert by experience. But Nicole and Katie bring their own podcasts too. And what I think is interesting about the three podcasts is that they've all got an element of working with the people you want to be your audience, working with the experts by experience, working with the public. Um, But all three podcasts are doing it in slightly different ways. And I'd like to explore that a little bit, you know, talking to you, Nicole, your experience with the young people sounds really immersive. How how do you get to the point at which you know what the podcast is going to be about? We've kind of learned as we as we started doing it and we've changed how we do things quite a lot. Um, so initially we started off just by inviting um, the young people and telling them, okay, you're going to interview this researcher. So, you know, if you want to propose questions and then we just had them in the room, um, they asked their questions, the researcher answered them um, and the young people then went off, you know, do their own thing. And we basically did the editing and everything else. But what I wanted to do uh, later on is I wanted to, kind of give the young people more power and not only have them be the host of the episode, but also learn how to do podcasts themselves. Um, so they once they left, you know, recording of our episodes, they could then go and create their own podcast. Because I know young people have a lot to say and teaching them how to podcast is giving them a platform to say, you know, to say what they want to say and for the rest of the world to actually listen. And Katie was involved in this as well. So we then organized podcast training sessions where we uh, linked up with a local school and we had their media teacher who brought 
a bunch of young people who were, you know, from a sixth form and they were studying media and they basically came for two days, so two sessions, um, and we gave them a podcast training. So I talked about, you know, what kind of things you need to do to set a podcast. Um, and I really focus on the fact that you can really do it, you know, for free or for very, very cheap. And that's how we run Beyond the Hype as well. So we, you know, uh, designed the logo on Canva for free. Um, we hosted we basically host it for free because you have a limited number of minutes. You can have a podcast hosting for free. I really uh, focus on the point that you don't need a fancy equipment. You know, you can get microphones and stuff, but you don't need it to start a podcast. Well, and I also taught them how to edit the episodes themselves. Um, and they proposed, um, like they designed their own episodes. Um, I put them together in rooms with PhD students, including Katie. They had absolute control of all the questions, everything, the format, everything they wanted to do. And then they went on basically and edited it with our help. So we, we gave them a computer and they could have a go at editing. Um, if they had any questions, we were there to kind of help them. But then they went back to their school and then just did the editing themselves. And I think that something um, is not, you know, as easy to do now with the pandemic and having to do everything virtually. But even now I'm trying to, when we have a new person uh, who comes in and wants to do a podcast, I really try to, you know, tell them, I can teach you how to do everything yourself. So yeah, that was, that was quite an important aspect for me. And um, Lavinia, if I can come to you next, this is kind of what we're trying to achieve, not just with you, but we have two early career researchers um, on our podcast who are not part of this panel today, um, Charlotte Woodhead and Gemma Knowles, but also they had no experience of podcasting previously. And, and what Nicole describes is really similar to the process that we're going through with you and with Gemma and with Charlotte to show you how to do it so you can go off and do it. And in fact, you're going to be doing the next episode, aren't you? <laughs> you reminded me. <laughs> but yeah, no, as she was talking, that's the same thing I thought as well. You know, it sounds so much like what we're doing. And you know what? It's really exciting to be able to be part of this process and to learn it, you know, so closely as well, because just like she said, young people have a lot to say. I've got a lot to say. I'm not sure if I'll be brave enough to say it, but I think it's it's really great. And I really do feel privileged that I'm actually going to be able to take what I learn. And if I choose to go and talk about addiction and my experience of recovery and, you know, it's been a long journey this 10 years. So I can't wait to actually take this and and you know, practically use it. So yeah, I mean, that's great what she's doing. I really do look forward to getting stuck in myself. I have to say, I think um, we all think we're quite privileged to have you on our team as well. So a bit of mutual <laughs> appreciation going on here. Um, Katie, let me come to you because one of the things that I'm really interested in in your podcast is you interviewed somebody who's a very high profile expert by experience and, and has become an activist, and that's Johnny Benjamin. Talk me through how you managed to persuade him to be interviewed for your podcast, because he's quite a celeb, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all honesty, that's a, a big reason why I want to have him on the podcast. I've seen Johnny on the on traditional media and social media um, talking about his story and when he did his um, campaign with Rethink Mental Illness. And for us, from the very start of our podcast, it was very clear that we wanted to have, like the others were saying, a well-rounded view of 
a lot of things. So as well as including um, academics, we also wanted to include obviously people with lived experience, you know, as well as, as people like artists, historians. Um, and for me, it was very important to have people who were, I guess, quite high impact because I guess that's that's how, you know, you encourage uh, listenership. But also then it meant that I could relay those questions and that discussions that the young people had had to these people. And so with Johnny Benjamin, I really particularly wanted him for the episode that we uh, where we discuss social media and in particular how it can be used for positive promotion of mental health and well-being. So I messaged him on his website, actually. He had a form to message on his website. And I basically just said, you know, um, I think you're great. And I'd really love to have you as part of the podcast. I explained a little bit about the podcast and specifically a bit about where I see him fitting into our episode um, and specifically what I'd like to ask him about and then a little bit about our target audience and our predicted reach which was helped a little bit by uh, by you Sally and by our comms team at King's and he emailed back uh, a few weeks later and cc'd his his PA in and we went from there really we had a call to discuss the script and what I would what I wanted to talk to him about and then we booked him in to come and visit us uh, at the Institute of Psychiatry and he was just really great he was so great to to interview and to speak to and uh he, it, it just kind of felt like a conversation really so yeah it, it went quite well <laughs> and one of the things which I think is is so brilliant about podcasting is that the medium seems to flatten hierarchies. So, you know, Nicole, whether it's your young people, whether it's Lavinia or the early career researchers who are involved in our society, whether it's Johnny Benjamin, um, I mean, Nicole and Katie, you're both PhD students. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in terms of your career path or, you know, what you do as a job or whatever. Podcasting, I think, feels to me like a, a way of bringing everybody together so that everybody's voices are listened to. And I'm seeing lots of people, because this is a podcast, of course, listeners can't see this, but on Zoom, I can see everyone nodding their head. Um, uh, that That's a, a really important part of why this medium is is so useful and impactful and such a a pleasure to to be involved in. I mean, making podcasts is, is good fun, and I think we probably shouldn't um, lose lose sight of that. Having said that, back to you, buddy. Um, what's it been like, other than Verity keeping you in shape and giving you guidelines off her spreadsheets? What has it been like for you working with a bunch of academics compared to the people that you usually work with? It's funny, like when you say that, you you sort of. I feel like there's a bit of uh, spice to it. Like you imagine that I'm going to say, oh, it's so boring or something like, but it's, it's been great. Like everyone I've spoken to and communicated with, I mean, sometimes people say, oh yeah, buddy, you're the expert, but it's like, yeah, I know some stuff, but then everyone knows how to communicate. And all I'm doing is facilitating these communications and putting them into a, you know, I do a bit of trickery here and there, but ultimately it's um, the, the people like all of all of you here and and everyone who you've spoken to like that's the soul of it and and like that's the really important part of the podcast is the soul you can have you could have two computers talking to each other and they could make a podcast for sure but the human element is massive and so for me it's like I don't treat anybody as like oh they're they're much cooler or like oh they're a they're a rapper or they're a sort of an actor or something like that it's for me it's not about that like if like, as you say the hierarchy is flattened so you you start to really um uh, sort of zero in on the essence of people and conversation and you could have somebody who's super popular and you know like 
well, there's a few examples I can think of straight away, but like there, there are people who are like in the in the highest perceivable position in the world and it'd be a really sort of painful conversation, but you could speak to your neighbour and it could be a really vibrant, amazing, informative conversation that would make you go like, oh, wow, really? And then, you know, your hair stand up and your arms and all this kind of stuff. And so, so what I'm trying to say is, for me, I didn't see, I didn't feel there was any difference and like I didn't have to sort of simplify things or... I mean, everyone was really just smart on it and like everyone was looking to achieve this end goal and it hasn't been difficult at all. It's just been really fun and enjoyable and, well, more than a two-way street. But for me, I've learned a lot. And if we have issues with even like the vocabulary, like there's some things I don't know that come up, um, like some terms and things like that. And then there might be some things that I just throw out and then you might be like, oh, what do you mean? And then, but yeah, it's it's been simple in sort of, in, in the understanding of it all, it's been really easy. And I think you're absolutely right. It's been a two-way thing because, I mean, we've learned loads from you as well, not just about the technical side of it, but about what makes a good podcast and the kind of the storytelling element of it, because it, that's what podcasts do. They tell stories. And I'd like to move on now to finish, really, by asking everybody we're all making podcasts which are in an area which is quite complex, and that's mental health, you know, be it looking at young people or looking at society or looking at digital. We're making podcasts which we're trying to appeal to diverse audiences. You know, as Lavinia said, we're, you know, we're trying to appeal to academics, we're trying to appeal to non-academics. And we've got a further complication at the moment is that we've all had to shift all of this to moving remotely and recording remotely. I'm just wondering, it's a question for everybody really. So just jump in, you know, what have the, what have been the chat, what are the challenges and the advantages um, around working in this changing complex space? I'll start. For me, mine has been childcare, being in the house you know, usually I've done a bit of work with yourself and your colleagues in the past, and I've always been able to come down to your offices, you know, it's it's been pretty cool. But being in the house and trying to arrange this around the children, you know, while I was recording my parts, I was having to send the children downstairs to throw the rubbish out and all sorts of things, being really creative, locking myself in the bathroom. And so that's been a challenge. So yeah, just just for me, it's been the children. Other than that, you know, it's been a lovely experience. And actually, it was a lovely experience for us when your children did join some of the calls, and um, we could hear them in the background, and that was really that was great, and brought another edge to it as well. Anybody else? What about the challenges of working? You know, trying to communicate messages about mental health. Um, if I can jump in, just to say that, um, so we have young people normally coming to us and you know we would give them voucher to cover for their um, travel cost um, or they would come together with their teachers and I kind of worry that now by doing everything online we're excluding you know the young people who may not have a smartphone they may not have um, and I know we kind of think of you know internet as being this thing that everyone has now you know everyone has access to it but it may not be the case and I do worry that we exclude young people who may be very keen on joining us but they just can't you know or they may live in a small flat with a lot of siblings so they may not be comfortable recording so yeah, I think that's my uh, biggest problem um, and also Lavinia you mentioned childcare I have a dog who uh, he knows when I'm recording a podcast and as soon as I shut myself in the room he just walks straight in 
he opens the door with his nose and then you can just hear like the you know his um, toes on the on the floor um so That's yeah my favorite sound i love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so always when like when we're recording people are like what's that noise and i'm like no it's just my dog he just walks in says hi and then just leaves the door open obviously and walks out so yeah um katie have you got anything to add to this yeah i mean obviously i, I just firstly i would agree with them with living and nicole it's very difficult to find spaces which are continuously quiet uh, with things going on outside. And um, one thing I would say to counter that is that a lot of podcasts I've been listening to recently have kind of embraced that. And I think that's one of the things that podcasts have going for them is that um, because they're, you know, they're, they're of the time, they, they can be reduced quite quickly. Um, and so they're almost you know, they're not live, but they are reflecting people's lives in the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of people do listen to them as a, as a kind of comfort and to see that, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Uh, and so a lot of podcasts I've listened to, you know, you, you will hear background noise, you'll hear the kind of children coming in. Um, but the listeners kind of appreciate that because everyone is in the same boat. And I know when Alina and I recorded our intro for the podcast, we actually specifically said, you know, we're recording from our different flats halfway across London because we're in lockdown and we you know, we wanted to be able to relate to people really and people hear that, you know, we're going through the same things as them. And what about, again, a question for everybody, coming back to this question about um, making a podcast about mental health and making sure that the right messages get out there and get listened to. Has anyone got any anything on that they'd like to say on that? I think from my perspective, we always interview academics and clinicians who work in mental health. Um, so I always felt confident that, you know, the answers they will give me will be the, the right message. Um, and then I always, um, I, I send it off to my supervisor and, uh, you know, the, the study lead um, who also are mental health researchers. So um, it was a combination of like having quite a few people who are experts um, in the field listening to it and kind of approving the messages we give out there. And I guess that's what we've got as well on our sixth society, isn't it? Um, Verity, Lavinia and Buddy, because we've got a team which includes people who have got that experience in, in mental health to make sure that what we're doing tells the story of the experience, but also includes the evidence that, that backs up that experience. We had quite an interesting um, discussion before we went ahead of one of the episodes where, you know, we were a bit worried about the questions or that, you know, maybe we're leading the respondents. But I think Buddy's right. It's that sort of storytelling and the richness of people talking about their own experiences that, you know, we didn't have to worry in the end, actually. You know, the discussion flowed really naturally. And actually, as hosts, you know, we're not shaping or influencing what people are saying. You can't edit, <laughs> you know, a, a, a full response from somebody talking about their experiences of mental health. And for me personally, you know, I'm not an academic. It's been really interesting hearing both academic and non-academic or lived experience views. Um, the diversity of the responses we've been having is interesting, particularly against the backdrop of you know, uh, both the topics that we've covered so far on COVID. And uh, we had one on the, the experiences of, of Black people in race and employment and both really timely um, topics and actually the virtual discussion has been much more prominent and people are used to seeking information and listening to voices online. So, you know, we've managed to adapt and, and tap into that movement, um, which has been really valuable, actually. Katie, Lavinia, Buddy, anything to add on, on that? I would just say just the way that it's been done. I mean, when we were planning this, you know, I was trying to imagine how this would 
you know, how would this impact, you know, would this, you know, appeal to the non-academic audience, such as like my friends, people that I would, you know, promote it to. And seeing it coming together, I think it's been so powerful, you know, hearing the different voices, the the actual numbers, you know, when I, when I heard Tia and Michael and it, it really, it impacted me a lot. And I've had feedback from other people as well. And I think the the combination, it is powerful. It really is. So, yeah, well done. Well done, you. (laughs) I would just add to that as well that I think you have a real opportunity when you're doing a podcast to to actually just facilitate a discussion for for myself doing plugging in. We were kind of at the interface as early career researchers between these more um, senior academics and um, perhaps younger people. And really, I just wanted to facilitate that discussion and to allow people to have their own views on things. And so it was really important for me to kind of leave questions unanswered, leave that open conclusion at the end because you know everyone is going to have had a different experience of um, mental health and using digital technologies and I wanted people to be able to listen and make their own minds up really about that. Buddy last word to you. I mean my instinct is I guess as a producer is to sort of go to the disadvantages which are ah, there's always sound problems and issues and all this kind of stuff and I mean that that's just kind of boring I mean that that comes up in any situation I mean you can have that with a face-to-face conversation I mean you can take a digital recorder there you realize you haven't got a memory card or your batteries run out or you're missing like one tiny little plug-in adapter thing or something like that so in a way the technical issues of doing it remotely there are a lot less things to deal with than uh, an in-person meeting yeah there there could be travel issues or whatever I mean really your biggest problems you've got to deal with are connection issues with uh, internet and stuff like that and they're pretty surmountable so I guess my focus is on yeah all the positives which are you have so much access to so many different people now so if if your whole thing is you have to have in in-person conversations you're actually pretty limited because you're you're not only limiting yourself to people who can get to you you're limiting yourself to who you can get to as well and, and who you know who can make time but now I feel like a lot more people are sort of more like au fait with the technology and, and you say, oh, yeah, can you get on Zoom? They're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get on Zoom. It's not a thing. You don't have to sort of explain, right, Zoom is a platform where you have to, you know, do the People just kind of get it now. So I know people keep saying it. It's like there aren't really many positives to be gained from the situation this year. But in a communication sense and in a podcast sense, there's been a secret sort of almost like hidden bonus where, it's like, oh, everyone's actually now way more comfortable with the medium and the means to the ends sort of thing. And that's how we've recorded um, this podcast um, on yeah. Zoom. So I'd just like to say a big um, thank you to the panel. Thank you to Katie, to Verity, to Lavinia, to Buddy and Nicole. And I've really enjoyed listening to your thoughts on this and learning from you. And I hope that listeners um, have too. It strikes me that if you've got the right question and the right team of people, and that can even be quite a small team. I mean, Katie's team is two. There's Katie and Alina and and, and they're working on it. Or it can be a large team um, like we've got at our sixth society. But if you've got the right question and the right team, there's nothing to stop you from producing something which is engaging, informative and impactful. 
We hope you've enjoyed listening. If you'd like to hear more from our Sikh Society, please do uh, listen to our other podcasts. Also, we'd just like to plug the other podcasts which are featured in the uh, programme, Plugging In, uh, Beyond the Hype. And if you check out uh, Buddy Peace's website, you can see the myriad of podcasts that he's involved in. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to Our Sick Society. The presenter was Sally Marlowe. Production support was provided by Verity Buckley. And the producer was Buddy Peace. Our Sick Society is funded by King's College London's ESRC Impact Acceleration Account.